You guys ready? I'm yes. ready. Yes. I'm ready, ready. too. Live from beautiful, sunny Atlanta, Georgia. It is not sunny. This is Velvet Creek Studio, underplayed podcast. It's still not sunny. It's nighttime. But it's sunny in my heart. (laughs) Is it? It's sunny where it counts. No, it isn't. That's good. I don't believe you. This song is such a jam. Welcome. And oh, oh, and today's a special day. What is today? Today today is a special day because we actually have verified people listening. Oh, wow. Yeah, we look. That's right. We see all 13 of you. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Play play the children sound effect. We have 13 people subscribing. 13 actual people. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. We also. We we bought a soundboard. Um, Wait, yeah, uh, we, Tim has a new toy. Uh, <laughs> you'll be hearing a lot of that. Oh um, dear! Uh, please not a lot. In doubt, we can just cut out whatever we need to cut out. So if you say, yes. if we hear yes too much, you know, we'll just cut that out. Oh dear! How is everybody doing today? How do you feel? I feel good. That's good. I'm glad you feel. I feel good, good that people actually listened to one of our three last podcasts and decided that they might subject themselves to that more in the future. Well, it was mostly that the last one that we put out, the third episode. Yeah. All most of the people found us through there. And if you guys haven't listened to the second episode, it's really good. What songs were on that? That was the one with the lineman. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that favorite. was good. That yeah. was good. Tracy pretty much carried that. True. She was like I liked the song. Lacted. Good, good, good song. Good song. Yes, so we're now we're actually talking to people. If we will ever get more than this amount of people, then that's great. But you know, if it stays yeah. at thirteen, we're a little family. Actually, no, comparably thirteen people is a sizable family. That is a pretty decent sized family. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Anyway. And you can adjust levels afterwards. I noticed that you were fooling around with a compressor over there. Yes. I feel more compressed now. Do you feel I can, I can snuggled? I do. I feel snuggled by my own voice. Oh, perfect. I know. It's great. Well, anyway. Anyway. Let's move on to our first song of the night or day, wherever you are. Good morning. Good night. I don't care. We're moving on to our first song. Unconditional Love by Esperanza Spalding. I you love- said her name right. I always say her name wrong, so I was going to make one of you guys say it. And, and you did, and you did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. I read it. So Esperanza Spalding, I love her. I love, she's like a weird mix of like jazz and maybe folksy pop. Yes. In a way. Maybe. Um, all her all her albums were, were labeled jazz albums. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll dive into it later, but the music theory and the way the song was written and composed, I think is just nothing short of incredible. Some of these chord names you've never even heard of, but like they work so well within the context of how they're all put together. I mean, that's the thing about music. There's no rules when it comes to music. It's right. just what context you want to put it in. And you have to, you know, remember when you're composing music, especially when you're composing for a certain audience, something might sound weird to someone, whether it's like a a, a niche jazz song. Someone will be like, oh, well, that sounds weird. But they're probably not like the audience you're aiming your jazz song for. You know, those people that really like those spicy chords, those mm-hmm. D minor ninths, those G thirteenths. 
yep. all those nice B flat sixth chords, yep. which are some of the chords in this song. But there's no rules. It's all about context. So if it works within that context, then you just built your own rules. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about her because she has an amazing story. Do you? Yes. Which one of us is going to tell her story? Because usually I, I do a be. quick run through. You but can. I think you did more better research than I did. Because I was so interested. It, it, she is an amazing person. So she really um, was labeled a child prodigy. She doesn't like that label because she you know, said there's a lot of people who are prodigies around her is what she said. She started playing instruments at five. She mastered the, I think, the bass uh, violin at... Uh, Bass violin, that's not a thing. violin. The bass. Well, Sorry. it is. There's like a bass violin. There's like a bass. That not looks a like bass a violin, guitar. And there's a bass guitar. Right. Not like a bass a guitar. guitar. The big bass. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's at just 15. called double bass. Okay. That's what it's bass. Called. Double bass. Yeah. Double bass. And uh, she played the violin, the cello, the oboe, the clarinet. She played all of those things. Hey, I play the clarinet. Hey, you do. She was born in '84. Right. '84. Right. So she's not. You know, she's nine years younger than me. Just yeah. a little bit older, just a couple years older than me. Couple. But on top of all of that, she has just an outstanding, incredible voice. I agree. Um, just an amazing voice, and I'll I'll go into that later more. But she quit high school, got her GED, went to college early, graduated early, ended up going to Berkeley, and then was hired the same year she graduated. Dang. Uh, she was hired to be an instructor. She was only Instructure. 20 years old, and she was a, a music instructor there. Nice. So yep. she's just a, an amazing person. And on top of all of that music capability, she's a just a really unique person, a unique thinker. At one point, she wanted to quit music in, in college and go into political science. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And socially uh, minded and her music reflects that and her writing reflects that. So really interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the research. There uh, you go. Uh, I'm seeing things here. She was able to reproduce Beethoven by ear on the family's piano at a young age. Yeah. My God. Yeah. I don't say what That's why I said. She, she was a prodigy. I don't remember all the awards that she's won off the top of my head. I, I just remember that as her albums came out, she immediately started winning Grammys for one of her albums, won Best Jazz Album of the Year. So she's won several gra Grammys. Here it is. In, in July of 2017, she was appointed a professor of the practice of music at Harvard University. Yeah, she, she got an on, uh, honorary doctorate. Yes. She did not get, she, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Honorary. Yeah. So I was excited because I love her voice. I love her music. So here we go. All right. All right. Let's do it. What's the song we're going to do is, okay, so probably her most palatable song. It has a tune and verses and choruses mm -hmm. and something you might find yourself humming later, which is unlike some of her other really deeper jazz cuts and if you guys want definitely check out anything by esperanza spalding esperanza this is unconditional love we could change the whole story of love same old play i'm getting tired of no 
Probably her playing bass, too. Sure, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Such a clean sound overall. The guitar, everything is right in its place. Dang. That's probably one of the first songs that we've all actually kind of were mostly quiet. Oh, that's so good. I was paying attention to the chords as she went through because, oh my God, it's so cool. I get mesmerized by her tone, that super high, clear. Mm. Yes. If you guys have never seen her, by the way, look up like this song, Unconditional Love on YouTube. Look up some of her live versions. 
and look at how comfortable she is with her instrument and singing at the same time. Yeah, didn't like, you tell me is... she plays a, a bass without the frets, right? Right. Oh, right. Right. Oh, yeah. That's so she plays a fretless yeah. bass, which is which is like a double bass, you know. Only it's it's a bass guitar yeah. and it's fretless. And and the way we were introduced to her was wasn't that the Kennedy Honors? Is that yeah. how we were first introduced? So yeah, we were watching yeah. Sting's Kennedy Center Honors, which is super good. There's a lot of good stuff in that one, and she's one of the acts. And she did. She sang fragile. Fragile. That's oh, right. Yeah. Gorgeous. That that really is what made me fall in love. That's worth watching. Yes. And you can't get any version of that other than her live version. You know, her her singing at the Kennedy Honors. I wish she would record that. Because it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. She did that with um, Herbie Hancock. That's right. It was Herbie Hancock. Yep. That's right. On yep. uh, piano. Yep. Fantastic. On to her lyrics. Her lyrics. What's the song yeah. about, Trace? Well, okay. So she wrote the song from top to bottom, beginning to end, lyrics, music, all of it. I love and that. And then performed it, <laughs> which is has so much talent crammed into one mm-hmm. little bitty person. She is an itty bitty person with a huge voice. This song is about how cliche love can seem, how relationships can be just going through the motions, then inevitably end in disaster. Her song is kind of about saying, could we be the ones to change that? Stop being predictable. Stop acting out our roles and actually get real love. And it kind of says that throughout. Could we be real love? That's a part in the background that you hear. That's a line that oh. the background vocals keep singing. Those background vocals are so airy and smooth. I love it. And I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew if those are all her or but she has amazing background people from, I think, from Berkeley. Or Probably. Like she, yeah, surprised. I think they were students, some of them. Yeah. A lot of students from Berkeley stay together for life. Yeah. True. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where Dream Theater came from. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah. So that's the meaning, can, kind of, of the song. Can we talk um, about her vocal range in this song, oh though? Oh, my gosh. She okay. has, like, she goes through, like, two octaves in this song. She goes from, like, okay, so she stays on that F, and then she goes up a whole octave to... Yeah. An octave up to that 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 high F, like the no, 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 you Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I can't do it, obviously, because no. I'm not at Spronza Spalding, but... Same old play I'm getting tired of. Oh, my gosh. I just, I have appreciation for people who can do that. And she, like, she does it effortless, effortlessly, too. For know? sure. It's like, I can't speak effortlessly, but... It's a hard word to say. Effortlessly. <laughs> I have a great quote about her voice, okay? This was a... Ben Ratcliffe, in an article I read that says, this was in the New York Times, I don't know if I have to say it, but her voice is light and high, um, and he compared her to a jazz singer named uh, Blossom Deary, who apparently had this like super high, clear voice, so he compared to her and then said, I love this, she can sing quietly, almost like in a daydream. So she has that ability. She's got that support, you know, to sing really high, really softly. That's super rare. You know, a a lot of people, if they want to hit a high note, they have to belt it out. Right. Like, I have a very low range. If I want to sing anything anywhere high, I have to, like, really get some big volume with a lot of vibrato. She has, like, this super high airy quality, so much support, 
you know, and again, she's a tiny person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, let's check out this Blossom mm-hmm. Deary girl. She's uh, passed now. She was an old jazz singer. Yeah, so you, who, I don't know. This could, is who Esperanza was compared to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she right. was, yeah. Blossom Deary, someone to watch over me. There's a saying old says that love is blind. Still we're often told, seek and ye shall find. I hear it. So I'm going Those chords just gave me chills. Looking everywhere, haven't found him yet. I totally get what they're saying mm-hmm. when they make that He's comparison, though. Definitely. Light and airy, very clear, very Only high. Mm-hmm. Have a dreamy voice. Dreamy. Dreamy. She paints a picture. Both of, both of them do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a rabbit hole. Upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, upcoming yeah. episode, Blossom Deary. There you Look go. Look for it here. Oh Only gosh. here. Only here. No one else will do her. <laughs> yeah, that's All actually right. a gorgeous song. Someone to watch over me. Beautiful yes. Song. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful song. Not underplayed. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, if a song is good enough, it's always underplayed. <laughs> that's there why we can have some creative license here. True. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess it's my turn. I'm going to dive into... The music theory and like the capacity that her brain must have to think up these chords. I mean, like I always wonder in jazz. Like I know it's a lot of like improv- improvisation, improvisation. I don't know, however you want to say word. that one word. Improvising. I know it's a lot about just doing that, improvising, and just knowing your scales. Yeah, it's and, knowing the chord structures. Yeah, and, then and like just knowing playing all over them, knowing your modes and all that. All right, so let's. How does the song start off? I think it starts off with the same chords that are in the chorus. The uh, yeah, it does. It kind of goes through a little mini chorus there. Right. Okay. So we start off on a chord called D minor over F, okay. which you're, you're essentially just playing a D minor with a bass chord or a bass note F. That's D minor over F. Okay. It goes to a G minor over G minor over B flat, mm-hmm. and it goes to a G minor sixth. So it's like a bum, bum, rung, you know, it's like that. Oh, it's like, that's it's, like curry over rice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It adds, it's just, it's so good. That's the chorus. The chorus is three chords, but the, the verse that it just goes into, and then like the kind of like after chorus type bit that it goes into here. So you have the chorus and then it just breaks out when she does that sustain, mm-hmm. when she sings that low F. Is it this part? Yes. A minor 7th, A flat major 13th, D flat major 7th, F minor over C, A, and then it loops back around to A minor 7th. Oh, sorry, with a sharp 5th. That was very small writing there. Be careful of those sharp 5ths. Uh, yeah, so... Where's the, where's the G13? The G13 uh, oh, yeah. is in the verse slash pre-chorus area, so it starts off on a D minor 9th, to a G13, B flat sixth, A minor seventh with a sharp fifth, and the D7, a dominant D with a sharp ninth. Though I am familiar with most of these chords, um, I love those crazy jazz chords, like with like, again, A minor seventh with a sharp fifth. The notation for this is like, it's so long. Oh 
goodness. Like, it, I, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, her, like, I don't know how she comes up with this. Yeah, I think some people just hear it in their head. I really do. You know, yeah. the fact that she could, like uh, Tim brought up, that she could copy Beethoven at five. You right. know, yeah, that's there insane. are people, right, there are people, and I've always been, um, as someone who, I, I started playing piano when I was uh, seven, I guess, seven, took piano lessons all the way up till I was hmm, 13-ish, 14, mm-hmm. played for my middle school chorus and stuff, but it was hard. It wasn't like super, I had, and I had a good ear. I learned better as a ear player than I was at sight reading. I don't have the like super memory, but like I don't hear like they hear. That's, and it's, it, it's just something, it's just a gift. It's just a gift. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. It's she just hears insane. in jazz. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. Very special people here yes. in jazz. Yes. There's a certain point where you just like, People with that gift, they're just they're designated. They're basing jazz. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this song is in the key of F major. I forgot to say that. Wow, that was inappropriate. It was not inappropriate. That was <laughs> F major. Oh, sorry. I'm pretty sure we modulate from F major at that sustain point after the chorus. Now we have to go over to the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. That's a G13. Pretty. Very That's nice. That's a pretty chord. Wait, wait, wait. How about this one? There you go. That's what it breaks into. That it sounded goes... like a jazz chord. All right, then. Cut the segment out. Timothy. It is my turn. The very first thing I noticed and loved about this was uh, this guitar. It's very warm. It's very warm. They've got like a wee bit of gain on there. So this is like, you know, probably through a Fender amp, like, like that one over yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is when it breaks into the verse. Or no. This is the very, very beginning. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. This is the that after, that breakdown. I'm just going to call it a breakdown. It's essentially what it is. Yeah. And then this is into the verse. So the mix is very, very sparse. I love sparse mixes. This is a beautifully, beautifully sparse mix. Less is more is definitely demonstrated here in this song. Uh, It's that guitar. It's the drums. It's her voice. What else is in there? Can I hear those drums real quick? Those like... They're tight. That's a that's a jazz. Yes, yeah, I love it yeah. so much. It's like that snare is probably an inch and a half thick. It's just so well mixed, you know. Yeah, it's and like, I think, you know, not to take anything away from them, but it's easy to mix something that's this That's That's kind of what I was going to mention is that, like, there are a few people in the world who can walk into a studio and just record something beautiful, you know, effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it, like, Celine Dion who went in, you know, her big song, um, the Titanic song? Yeah, that one. My heart will go on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I said, yeah, I heard like she walked in, uh, couldn't speak English, sang it phonetically, and 
hummed it off keeper. to the side, you know, listened to it a, a, once or twice and recorded it from beginning to end in the first take. And that's the version we hear on the radio. That's awesome. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? That's what I think of Esperanza's that, you know, she probably can walk in and just kill it. I imagine so. Yeah. Probably. She seems like that yeah. type of person. Just looking from the beautiful structure of this song, complicated, but beautiful. Very yeah. much uh, melodic complexity as well. Like her little top line, I love it so much. And and as uh, Tim mentioned at the beginning, not all of her songs are like this. Oh no! Oh yeah, this uh, is like the popular of, of, of her songs. Yeah. This is literally the song right before "Unconditional Love." We're in the time signature of a, of See one this one. Pretty girl. Watch this pretty girl flow. <laughs> Let's not do the chords on that one. Okay? <laughs> yeah, let's not. I didn't study for this song. I don't know what's going yeah. on in this song at all. Uh, it's just so you can see the variance. Yeah, her. so you can mm -hmm. see where in un unconditional love. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that type of stuff. It's sure. just like, what are you playing? Is that also from her album? Yes. Holy smokes. Honey, don't interrupt me. Yeah, like all of her songs have a very um, strong message too behind them. Yeah. There's no, um, what do you call it? There's no fluff. Yeah. She's not mincing words. She has an agenda. You oh, know? Yeah. All right. Wow. Ah, that's so cool though. It's just, isn't it just well, like so cool to listen that's to? It's very cool. That, That's Esperanza Spalding oh with Unconditional Love. Yeah. <laughs> She's an amazing person. Yeah. Check her out. Check if all of her albums out. If you haven't known her, we're happy to have introduced you. Yes, indeed. Yes, those 13 people, if you are jazz people, then I strongly recommend. We'll put the link to this song in the show notes, in if the description. I, I will remember for you. Oh, good. I will text you and I'll be like, please put <laughs> Unconditional Love in you the show notes right before now. you distribute it. <laughs> Anyway, we're moving on to our next song, which I actually don't remember what next song we're oh, going no. to. Do I remember? No. Do I know? I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. The 80s fan over here. So our next song is by Mr. Big. That's right. I forgot what the song's called. Yeah. Called? Ain't oh, seen yeah. love like that. Uh -oh. oh, yeah. Ain't seen it. Yeah. This band came together in 1985. It's got Paul Gilbert in it. Mm -hmm. Just amazing over-the-top talented guitarist the singer is eric martin thank you eric You're martin welcome. is amazing mm -hmm. and billy sheehan on bass and pat torpe who sadly uh passed away uh from pa parkinson's parkinson's mm -hmm. yeah not too long ago mm -hmm. that combination of just amazing guitarists mm -hmm. and really good songwriters too it cranked out a bunch of really good music, and they're actually giant in in Japan. Japan, like, yeah. You may Isn't not that have. Funny? You've heard of Mr. Big. You know what? That is a hundred percent my experience. I knew the Mr. Big songs, 
and did not know their names. You right. had to tell me, oh, let's listen to Mr. Big. I'm like, who the heck is Mr. Big? Not a clue. But as soon as you played, yeah, I was like, oh, I know all their songs. Yeah, the, re- the way you know Mr. Big is probably by this song. Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows that one. Yep. Maybe you know this one, too. I absolutely love this song. Yeah. Love. Listen to this guy's voice for a second. Now that I've lost everything to you, you say you want to start something new, and it's breaking my heart, you're leaving. Baby, I'm grieving, but if you want to leave. Beautiful. Beautiful. The texture in his voice. When his voice malfunctions a little bit it sounds good yeah you know right. like when it yeah. breaks up it's it's just and then one more I keep on searching for the reason why we went wrong. And neither of those are the song we're going to do for you today. So our current song is Ain't Seen Love Like That. Our current song is Ain't Seen Love Like That by Mr. Big. Great song. You haven't heard it yet, though. We're going to play it to you. Paul Gilbert, amazing guitarist. Miles from nowhere Crossed and doubled back Time is a healer And I've done my time Cause I ain't seen love like that Ooh. I've seen the light of freedom Dim and fade to black But no one compares No, I ain't seen love like that And I got people telling I just want to say, there's so many artistically well-written, like, releases in this Is release the right word? to black so- Just the, the timing, what am I trying to say, guys? Back me up here I'm thinking, to, I'm I waiting for to. you to state your point. Like right there. Parts of the song that just make everything come together, and then you're like, okay, that's what they're doing here. Right. And I got people telling me to let her go. Don't let it turn you Like a lifetime 
Tasteful guitar solo. You know that Is that a guitar solo? Tell me to let her go. Don't let it turn you around. Tomorrow's coming and you never know the love that you lost may be found. I've been miles from nowhere. Crossed in the You know what struck me, I think, the most about when I first realized who they were? I knew, like I said, I knew the songs, but their songs sound so 80s. Very. But they didn't even release their first album, I think, till... 85. uh, Was that their first album? Maybe 85? 89? 89. I think it's 89. It was was a long time ago. Well, the thing is, they were in that transition time you know, transitioning out of the 80s, the big hair bands, going out of that big 80s ballads, and they were just starting, you know, they were right. just starting. And I think it's why maybe they didn't get as popular maybe as they had the potential yeah. to be. Well, there's lots of bands that got caught in weird mm-hmm. points like that mm-hmm. where they would have been huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may do some of them on on the underplayed there's a couple I'm thinking about right now that we could do. Um, but yeah, like uh, when grunge came in, there were plenty of hair metal bands who would have made it, but 50% of the people listening to the radio had changed to start mm-hmm. listening to something else. Yeah. But Mr. Big, they didn't quit. They just no. kept going. Yeah. You know, their drummer died and they haven't done any new albums since then, but they have toured since then. They're huge in Japan. All right. So the song was written uh, partially by Eric Martin, their lead singer. Also, uh, Mark Spiro and Andre Pessis, I think, both just big time LA songwriters. That was my cell phone, ladies and gentlemen. sorry (laughs) anyways this song is pretty simple on the it's not super complex 
in the lyric zone. It's basically kind of a complaint type song that he just hasn't found a love that lasts for him oh, yet. Oh, really? No, poor guy. No, I mean, like, okay. Well, maybe we have different interpretations really? of this. Yeah. Because I was like, people tell me she's not right for me. People say I should leave her. But she's the bomb. I ain't seen anything like that. And I'm staying with that. That's kind of how I took the song. But you're taking it more of like, can't find a better man type song. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like he says, um, he, I, I, I feel like, I guess the way I saw it, he was describing what he's looking for, but he ain't seen it, <laughs> you know? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Mm. Interesting he perspective. Said, look, he says, it feels like a lifetime and it just ain't fair. She's, I believe in justice. I wonder where she's at. Like, because I don't see it because I ain't seen love like that. And wow. Like yeah. what though? So then what he what is he comparing it to? Like his ideal? That's what I would think. Okay. That's what I think. I don't know. That's how I took the song. The great thing about lyrics is it's up for your interpretation. This That's is true. just I would mine. venture to guess. If I had to put my money on me mm -hmm. or you being correct, I would put my money on you <laughs> well, most times. Well, you know. The vocals, I mean, you said his voice is fantastic. You know, he's got a kind of a nice, clear tone at times. And then he's got that rough, raspy tone at times. This live performance me and Keaton listened to the other day. That's some 80s screaming right there. That was classic, amazing 80s screaming. So this dude's voice, he could do... Oh, uh, yes. He could do whatever he wants. You know what? He leaned more towards, you know, before Mr. Big, he leaned more towards uh, soul type I songs. can hear that. And you hear I that. I can hear that. Sure. Screaming yeah. in G7 at the top in of his Just lungs. Take My Heart. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to back up what you're saying, Chase. Definitely. <clears throat> All right. So we are getting into the uh, music theory, not as... Um, complex as the um as the last song though it is still worth diving into so if we start off we're in the key of c major it's pretty simple he's doing like a uh, at the beginning he's strumming in some c up here the chords are simple uh c g a minor g c g a minor g his little chorus part he goes to what c and f D minor, and he goes to a D sharp two. I mean, that's really it. There's uh, it's some simple C major chords. Sorry, like in the key of C major, all these. That's okay. what. Okay, it resolves really well. It just it like, does. Ding, 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 it's it's very nice. Ding. Um, that's why I try to learn it real quick, but my brain isn't working. But it's uh, it is a nice resolve, and I'm pretty sure it modulates real quick out of C major mm -hmm. when it goes into D sharp because D sharp is not in the key of C major or C mm -hmm. major. So, because, you know, C major is all the white keys. Right. I really like what he does with the chords, even though they are, they seem like basic chords, which, I mean, they are, but he uses them in, like I was saying earlier, in a context that definitely works. It's because it has that 80s it works chord within, percussions. Exactly. Yeah, it has like it's this, just a 80s song. Right. The mix is very 80s and the sound design and how it all comes together. It really works well. The mix. 
Oh, I forgot. Yay! Dude, you're really failing on your soundboard duties. You should give me the soundboard. <laughs> the mix! <laughs> No, it's the wrong oh, one. Was, what happened it to cut, it? It was cut off. <laughs> yes! Do the, oh, do, the do the kids one. It's short. Oh, my soundboard's too quiet. Yeah, you need a um You could turn it you up need an applause. It, they don't have an applause. Oh yeah, he does. There you go. That's the one we need to be I've playing. I've got cheers. Do the yeah. applause. You have, that's that's the one. That's it. That's the one we've been waiting for. The mix! Why is it so wide? <laughs> I'll get better, guys. All right. So as far as the mix on this one, uh, ain't seen love like that. It's typical '90s again. Very widely panned guitar. For sure. Um, now I wish I still had the song up. You know. This episode, we need we need to get our crap together. That's right. We're we're bad today. Okay. It was a good I food. I don't we know. I'm awesome. She was great. I don't know about Tracy's y'all. Tracy's always good. <laughs> That's why when I said we, I looked at him. Oh. Oh. What kind of mic do you put on a voice like that? The what best one you have? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. What about the ribbon? Oh, yeah, I bet that would be smooth. Because I ain't seen love like that. I've seen the I like the wideness of it. I like the depth of it. I love mm-hmm. the background vocals. I, I love the guitar. I should have been an 80s wit. background vocalist. Sorry. You been. That was my daydreaming really, song. You really should have been. <laughs> Here's Tracy right here. Tracy, it's not too late. You See? could totally do that. Totally. I mean, it's, it's a bit high. I missed my colleague. No, I could have done that. Well, that was two songs, wasn't it? That, that was two songs. songs. That was that was those were two great songs. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed both those songs. You know, if you're into '80s rock metal, if you love a good '80s metal jam, anyways, we've really gone off the deep end. They can do a lot of different kinds of stuff. So if you like a lot of different kinds of stuff, then, or if you like just one of the kinds of stuff that they're doing, <laughs> one of the kinds of stuff. You might want to check out Mr. Big. Also, don't forget about Esperanza. Esperanza, yes, you got it right. Spalding. Spalding, not balding. I hope she's not balding. balding. No, she's got gorgeous hair. (laughs) She's the opposite of balding. She's beautiful. Check them both out. Give them both a little bit of love because they both fall into the underplayed category in our opinions. In our opinions. We're very fond of our opinions. Well, you know. Um, We'll leave both their links in the show notes. All right. Well, it's about that time. If you enjoyed this podcast, or, you know, this episode in specific, you may never listen again, but that's okay, you know? Um, but hopefully you will listen again. That's that's our hope by putting this out. We just want to educate the general public or our little niche on the songs that we think are underplayed and that you would probably like. Breaking down songs that needed more airtime. Yes, and we appreciate those of you who did. Honestly, we make fun of ourselves for the low subscriber count and all that and the... You know, but for all the people that listened and all the people that subscribed, that's amazing. It makes us want to keep on keeping on. Keeping on keeping on. 